What if ghosts could do more than just haunt a place? What if they could help us, protect us from harm? Stand as watchful guards using their supernatural abilities to guide us out of harm's way. Well, in the case of the mysterious gray man ghost in South Carolina, that's exactly what he does. The gray man is a ghostly apparition that has been seen on the coast of Polly's Island, South Carolina, and surrounding areas. His job? Warning residents of impending storms and hurricanes for nearly 200 years. Everyone that's encountered the gray man says that he tells them to leave this island mere hours before disaster strikes. Those residents who are wise enough to heed his warning always find their homes undamaged after the storm. Visits from the ghostly gray man have taken place before nearly every major hurricane that has struck the island for decades. And many say that this ghost has done more than your average spirit. They say he has saved their lives. I'm Avery Ross, and this is Avery After Dark. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Today's episode is one of the most unique and interesting ghost stories. It's unlike anything I have ever heard of. The backstory, the origins of the gray man, along with the stories of some of his ghostly encounters, you are in for a very spooky treat with today's episode. If you haven't already, leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. I thank you all so much for your kind reviews of the show. It makes me so happy to hear how you're enjoying it and also helps build Avery After Dark. And if you want this episode, actually all episodes, early and ad-free and want to support Avery After Dark, join the Patreon. I'm linking that in the show notes. It's three bucks a month. That's it. Thank you to all who have joined. All right, you all know I like to get right into it. This is the Gray Man Ghost. The most famous spirit in South Carolina has got to be the Gray Man Ghost. The story of the Gray Man originates hundreds of years ago. As with many other spirits, the Gray Man seems to stick to one particular area, the Carolinas. He's been spotted on the North Carolina shoreline, but is most commonly seen in Polly's Island, South Carolina. Polly's Island has just over 100 residents and is that classically beautiful, small, charming coastal town. Surrounded by popular destination spots like Charleston and Myrtle Beach, Polly's Island is uniquely different. It is one of the oldest beach vacation destinations on the East Coast. And unlike so many other beach towns with a million and one chain hotels and high-rise condos, Polly's Island is special as it's still very much locally owned. It feels like a small, quaint beach town because it is. People come from all over to visit its beaches and sand dunes. Polly's Island is for people who want that shoeless, carefree, laid-back lifestyle. Visitors and residents of the island enjoy swimming, fishing, relaxing in the sand. There's golf courses, dining, cute shops too. It's regarded as a great vacation spot for people who want that beach escape without all the beach crowds. But it isn't easy breezy all the time there. Living in such a gorgeous place comes at a price. Polly's Island is classified as a very high-risk hurricane zone. For hundreds of years, homes in this area have been swept entirely into the ocean when a hurricane rolls in. As we all know, with hurricanes comes great tragedy. Many have died as a result of these enormously violent storms. Makes you think, to live in a place like this, it would be really nice to have a spirit around to help warn residents of impending storms, right? Enter the Gray Man. The Gray Man is a protective ghost, a benevolent spirit, meaning he means well. 
He's not just friendly, though. He's been accredited to saving human lives. But we'll get to that in a bit. Though eyewitness accounts vary, most people describe the gray man as a figure dressed in all gray clothing. Some describe him as translucent and cloaked. Others say he looks like a pirate from a different decade. A few have even said they've seen him holding a lantern. His ghostly apparition usually appears on the beach, either stepping out of the dunes or waving to boaters from the shore. But as they get closer, he will disappear before their very eyes. The gray man is obviously tied to the island, but why? Who is he and what causes him to stay? Over the years, there have been differing accounts of his origin. As you'll hear, the stories are vastly different, so we'll see which one you believe. Let's go back to the start of the more popular theory behind the gray man. This is version one. In 1822, a woman received word that her fiancé was going to join her at her family's home in Polly's Island. She was so excited. She began cooking and preparing all his favorite dishes in anticipation. The two had recently gotten engaged and she couldn't wait to see him. And he couldn't wait to see her. As she prepared for his arrival at home, her fiancé was at sea, returning by ship to the island. He had been gone for months and was eager to get back to his love. When his ship docked, he and a companion hopped on their horses and started their journey back home. They were taking their usual route back home but hit wetland, so he and his companion decided to switch things up. This man was so desperate to get home to his fiancé, they decided to take a shortcut through a previously untraveled area. This would get them home much quicker. Unknowingly for them, this area was untraveled for a reason, and taking the shortcut proved to be a fatal decision. The man rode with his horse in front, leading the way while his companion was following his lead, riding a distance behind. The two seemed to be making great time and well on their way, when all of a sudden, the man's horse came to a frantic stop. The two of them began to rapidly sink in a patch of deadly quicksand. His companion watched from behind in horror, unable to help his friend. The man and his horse disappeared into the quicksand and died that day, never making it back home to his fiance. His companion got back to town eventually and shared the tragic news of what happened. The man's fiance was distraught and heartbroken. She began having horrible nightmares and visions of her lost fiance as she slept. After the funeral, she began walking that coastal shore, night and day, weeping uncontrollably. These shores were a place where she and her fiancé used to stroll hand in hand when he was still alive. Time passed, and one of these days, the woman saw it was a bit windier than usual out, but still decided to head down for a walk along the shore. That day, the supernaturally unexpected happened. As she made her way down the beach, suddenly, a figure appeared ahead. As she got closer, the woman swore she knew this man. It was her love, her fiancé standing in the distance. She began to eagerly walk straight towards him. But as soon as she got close, he said, Leave the island at once. You're in danger. Leave the island. And then, like fine sea mist, he disappeared into thin air. The woman ran home frantically and told her mother and father what she had seen and what her fiancé's spirit had told her. Her parents knew that she was sensible, and although the story didn't make much sense, they all packed up their belongings and made plans to leave Polly's Island to stay inland for a while. Her parents didn't know what was going on, but they knew their daughter wasn't the type to make this kind of thing up, so they trusted her. The family left before dawn that next morning. 
And this proved to be a wise decision, because that night, a horrible hurricane began ripping through the entire island. Just as the gray man had warned, the storm destroyed and damaged most of the homes on the island, minus a few. One of those undamaged homes was hers. This was the start of the gray man and his role as the island's watchman, a good Samaritan who was a good man in life, continuing to help out others from beyond. Just as he did with his love, warning her of the impending doom, the gray man has stayed on the island for years, warning residents when danger is coming. So as you heard, version one of the legend of the gray man, it's a love story, a tragic love story. But there's something about the fact that he wasn't able to get home to his great love, so he stayed on the island, protecting her and all the other residents. But let's get to version two, which is a very different account of what happened, how the gray man came to be. A much darker story and doesn't quite match up with the sightings and encounters with the gray man, but nevertheless, let's discuss. The second theory of the gray man's origin was that a man had been out working on a ship for months. He had left his fiancée at home and was very eager to get home to her. Unknowingly for him, as he was out alone at sea, she had found the company of another man at home. But not just any man, his best friend. When he got wind of his fiancée's affair, he was so devastated that he fell ill and passed away. And it's his spirit that continues to haunt those beaches, still heartbroken from that betrayal. Spending his afterlife, wandering the shores, warning others of what is coming to perhaps save them from the kind of pain and grief that he felt. So that's version number two. Which one do you believe? Which one would you like to believe? For me, the first account matches up with the sightings and encounters with the gray man. And as you can imagine, over the years, people have really wanted to find out this individual's identity. And several names have circulated. Among the following, the gray man could be the first ever owner of the island, Percival Polly, which would explain his connection to the area itself. Others believe the gray man goes to be Plowden Charles Weston, an early resident on the island who owned a home that is now the Pelican Inn, a well-known historic inn on the island, or a man named Edward Teach, another resident of the island hundreds of years ago. It's all up for debate, and everyone seems to have their own belief of who he was when he was alive. But one thing that can't be debated is what has happened since. There have been hundreds of sightings of the Gray Man throughout the decades. All eerily similar, and all sightings happen within mere hours of violent hurricanes. As you can imagine, over the years, word of the Gray Man spread throughout the community and began to circulate up through the Carolinas. Who was he? And how does he know when these hurricanes will hit? For a while, it was just folklore, legend, talk. But the story of the gray man grew when he was spotted by a well-known woman in town, Miss Eileen Weaver. She was the owner of the Pelican Inn and a very well-respected woman in the community. This is that same inn I mentioned earlier, and it's actually still there today and operates as a historic bed and breakfast. And the inn itself was actually reportedly haunted, but come on, we gotta stay on track here. Eileen said she was looking out onto the water one day when she saw a figure wandering along the shoreline. The longer she tried to figure out who this was, the more she realized this figure wasn't of this world. His gray clothing, the way he moved, this was the gray man. After Eileen told others what she saw, people started to think, wait a second, 
Maybe the old ghost story of the gray man isn't just folklore. Maybe he's real. And now just a quick word from today's sponsors. You're back with Avery After Dark. From there, it kicked off a series of ghostly sighting after ghostly sighting. A man named Bill Collins swore up and down that he himself had an encounter with the Gray Man 2 in 1954. This story is very interesting. Bill was on his honeymoon with his new wife on Polly's Island. The two wanted a coastal trip together to celebrate their recent nuptials. The two rented a room along the beautiful coast and were having a great time so far. They fell asleep one night and were startled when at around 5 a.m. they heard a knock at their door. Bill pushed himself out of bed and was a bit annoyed. Who would be knocking at the door at this hour? Bill walked over, opened up the door, and standing in front of him was a, quote, man dressed in what looked like rags. This man was wearing an old oilskin fisherman's hat. The man looked at Bill and blankly said, Get off the island. Pack your bags. There's a great storm coming. Take your wife and leave immediately. At this point, Bill's wife had gotten out of bed and walked up behind Bill asking, Hey, who's there? Bill whipped around to look at his wife and then turned back to the door to see that that man had disappeared. Bill asked around that day about who came to his door that morning, and many confirmed what he thought. He had just seen the gray man. And as always, the gray man was right on time. The very next day, Hurricane Hazel hit both North and South Carolina and obliterated parts of the coast. Nearly 1,000 people died. Complete destruction. President Eisenhower declared it as a major disaster. The fact that the gray man visited this new couple, a man and his new bride, ties back to him being this romantic and having a soft spot for lovers, which is really special and unique. But Bill and his new bride weren't the only ones warned about Hurricane Hazel. It seems like the gray man was quite busy in the days leading up to that storm. He also visited another man named Phil. You gotta hear this story. Phil's family owned a beach house on Polly's Island. He grew up with really fond memories of his childhood there, playing on the beaches as a kid, the delicious seafood, that crisp, salty air. But as it goes, Phil eventually grew up and adulthood brought him away from the island. But his family always kept that beach house. But in his 40s, Phil decided to make a special trip back to Polly's Island. He was hitting a bit of a rough patch in his life. He worked for a paper in Atlanta and the stress of it all was beginning to catch up to him health-wise. He also noticed that this was starting to affect his relationship with his family. They weren't as close anymore. So he booked a trip back to Polly's Island to get some much-needed time away for he and his family. His friends were shocked that he chose to go right in the middle of hurricane season. But he knew at that time, the beaches would be really quiet and peaceful without all the tourists. They arrived to the island to find Phil's family beach house was nearly exactly the same as when he was there last as a teenager. He was really happy to be back. One morning, Phil put on some warm clothes and grabbed a cup of coffee and took a walk down the beach as he did so many times when he was younger. As he made his way down the beach, Phil began reflecting on his life, how quickly the years pass, he had been walking for a while when he noticed that a cold, grayish mist was beginning to blow in from the sea. The weather looked a bit iffy, and it was hurricane season, so maybe it was going to storm soon. He decided to turn around and make his way back. As he did this, he got this really strange feeling that he now wasn't alone on the beach. He looked over his shoulder and saw a figure in the distance walking straight towards him. 
The figure, a man of medium build, was walking right along the shore with a very determined glide. Maybe someone else was on the beach after all. He kept walking and a few paces later, looked over his shoulder again. He saw the shadowy figure was now gaining on him. He was getting much closer to Phil walking at that same quick pace. The figure looked to be dressed in gray with his arms swinging at his sides. At this point, Phil's more than a little freaked out and was beginning to feel really nervous. Who was this? Was it a jogger? Someone coming to mug him? Phil worked and lived in Atlanta and covered crime quite a bit in the paper, so he wasn't new to the seedier side of folks. He kept walking, picking up his pace, but every time he whipped around, this figure seemed to be closer and closer. The quicker he walked, the quicker the man in gray followed. Phil wonders, should I run? No, I'm going to say something to this guy. So as Phil whips around to confront this man, he sees the figure has now stopped on top of a sand dune a few paces back and was now looking out onto the sea. And before Phil could say or do anything, the man slowly turned, looked at him, and then disappeared into the mist. Phil was in complete shock and couldn't believe what he had just seen. Where did this man go? Phil ran back up to the sand dunes to look around for any sign of the figure, but didn't see anything. And then suddenly, a chill ran up his spine as he looked down at the sand to see only one set of footprints, his own. Phil got home and told his family about what had happened. And as he did, a horrible thunderstorm rolled into the island, knocking out the power. The family ran and got candles as Phil explained more about what he saw. Being a resident of Polly's Island when he was younger, Phil knew all about the rumblings of the Gray Man and knew it was more likely you'd see him during the hurricane months. Phil always thought the story was a local legend, a good campfire story, but didn't put much stock into it until now. His young kids jumped up and down yelling, Dad, tell us the story of the Gray Man. He hadn't seen them that excited in a while. And as the family sat around together, Phil told them the story. This was something they hadn't done in a long time, enjoyed this kind of time together, sitting around telling stories, watching his kids' eyes fill with wonder. And that day, he remembered fondly of his father telling him about the ghost of the gray man when he was a young boy. Phil was happy his kids would have those same memories. These were the really sweet moments he had missed spending with his family. The story of the gray man brought his family back together in a way. The family stayed for a few more hours, but as they saw how much the storm was intensifying, they decided to leave the island that night. Soon after, Hurricane Hazel hit the island really hard. After the hurricane, Phil returned, afraid to see what the storm had done to his childhood beach home. And he was amazed. It was completely untouched. While other homes within yards had been destroyed, washed to sea, Phil's home stood fine. Phil remembered the last part of the Gray Man legend, that no harm comes to those who see him and heed his warning. During that hurricane, as I mentioned, many houses were swept to sea. It was reported that 80% of oceanfront homes were nothing but piles of bricks and wood after that hurricane hit. But notably, those who encountered the gray man's ghost and got off the island had their homes spared, which is incredible and coincidental, if you believe in coincidences. I don't. And for Phil, after his encounter with the gray man, he changed his life. He said he made more time for his family and made it a point to visit Polly Island for two weeks out of every year with his wife and kids. He took more time off of work, and during every one of his visits, 
he would get up at sunrise, walk over to the dunes, and look for his friend who had saved his life, and also helped him reevaluate what was really important. So stories like Phil's circulated for years, more and more folks claiming that they saw the ghost of the Gray Man. But it wasn't until a couple named Jim and Clara Moore went on the famous TV show Unsolved Mysteries that the story of the Gray Man was heard around the world. Jim and Clara claimed that they saw the Gray Man and he saved their lives as well. On September 19, 1989, Jim and Clara were walking down the beach one day when they spotted something unusual in the distance. A ghostly figure suddenly appeared and then quickly disappeared. Jim said, quote, He was coming directly towards us. When I got within speaking distance, I raised my hand to say hi or beautiful evening, and he disappeared. Jim and Clara didn't need to see anything else. They got the message. A bad storm was coming. The couple went home, immediately packed up, and got off the island as quickly as possible. In the days following, Hurricane Hugo blew through the island, leaving destruction in its wake. Over 50 people died, over 100 homes were wiped out, one row of 11 oceanfront homes were wiped out in a blink. 140 mile per hour winds ravaged through and hundreds of thousands were injured or impacted by the storm. Winds even sliced the sandbars in half. Jim and Clara were adamant that the good Lord and the gray man saved their lives. The story of the gray man was becoming more validating over time as it gained traction in the media. Another resident who worked as a fisherman said he was at a place called Merle's Inlet, a coastal town near Polly's Island, about 10 miles down the shore. He said he'd been out on the boat all day when he looked over and saw a man standing alone on the shore, just waving at him. He wasn't finished for the day he was about to do another sweep for oysters, but couldn't shake the feeling that he needed to head over and see what was going on. As he got closer, he saw the man was dressed in all gray clothing and realized he wasn't just waving, he was signaling for him to stop. As soon as he got close enough, the man disappeared. The fisherman believes the gray man appeared to get him off the water and out of harm's way, and the fisherman decided to call it quits for the day. A smart choice because within a few hours, a really heavy thunderstorm rolled over the area with, quote, lashing rain and heavy winds. Who knows what would have happened if the gray man wouldn't have appeared? Is it possible he sensed something tragic coming for the fisherman if he stayed out on that boat for the night? and did his best to warn him? Many believe so. And now another quick word from today's sponsors. You're back with Avery After Dark. Now let's get to September 13th, 2018, because this is when the gray man went from being the most famous ghost in the area to a TV and internet star. Yes, you heard me right. The gray man was caught on surveillance footage. During the middle of the night at the Avalon Fishing Pier in Kill Devil Kills, North Carolina, a surveillance camera sits shooting out onto the water and piers. The area had been evacuated, it sits deserted as talk of the incoming storm has terrified everyone. Winds blowing, an Avalon CCTV camera catches something on its webcam. And in the darkness, you can see a ghostly figure make its way across the boardwalk. It's so spooky. And if you want to see that video footage, I've linked it in the show notes. Once footage of the CCTV began to circulate, everyone knew. This was the gray man, doing what he has done for years, warning residents that a storm is coming, get off the island. And as you can guess, that very next day, September 14th, Hurricane Florence hits land at Wrightsville Beach in North Carolina, and the terror begins. 
The sea swells and the wind is reaching speeds of 150 miles per hour. The communities were ravaged. 53 people died. Many others would end up injured. But in total, Hurricane Florence cost nearly $25 billion in damages. Horrifying. But what's really special about the story of the gray man is the appreciation and trust that residents have with him. It's not uncommon to hear, the gray man saved us, like I knew we would. The gray man is different from other spirits in that so many have faith in him more than the news, more than the weather channel. They trust him to alert when danger is coming. His presence is protective, like a watchman. Looking over his community, his supernatural abilities allow him to see into the future, witness things that we haven't even seen yet. He has appeared before some of the most horrific, deadly storms in history. Folks around the world feel that the gray man is needed and they want him to continue sticking around. Locals say that when someone sees him, they will share with others and it gives people an idea of what kind of storm is coming. AKA, if anyone sees the gray man, best to be safe and get off the island. And legend says if you see the gray man and you dismiss his visit, well, your house will end up destroyed. Many homeowners wish to see him before a storm. Not only is a sign to evacuate the island, but because where he is seen is usually a property that is spared from the worst of the damage while surrounding homes are destroyed or just washed away. The ghost of the gray man is regarded as a hero, saving lives. He has a purposeful presence here on Earth. Really amazing, and this sets him apart from many other ghost stories that we hear. Why he only visits select people or how he chooses them is a mystery. Although... Via a Psychology Today article I found, it says some people are evolutionarily predisposed to see ghosts and other paranormal phenomenon. How wild is that? In the article, the question is asked, why do some people see ghosts when others don't? In the case of the gray man, why does he only reveal himself to certain people and not others? Well, scientifically, there's some reasoning behind why. Firstly, Believing in the possibility of paranormal phenomenon can make you more open to seeing or encountering something. The article states that your personality and cognitive style also play a role and are good predictors of whether or not you will have a supernatural experience. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, those who have that go-with-your-gut type of intuitive personality are usually more open to the other side. These kinds of people often reach solutions to problems quickly and tend to rely heavily on their feelings and instincts to guide them. You may be listening and saying, oh, that is so me. On the other hand, those with more of the analytic personality types rely more on empirical information, information rooted in fact, verifiable information. So if you're the first type, someone who says, I'm getting that gut instinct, a feeling about this or that, you may be more likely to see a ghost or experience a supernatural phenomenon. And lastly, another factor is your religious background. This can influence how likely you are to see something otherworldly. Regardless of why some people see him and some don't, many locals appreciate and revere him as a protector of the community. So much so that some in the community want there to be more of an official tracker of the gray man. A system where if he is seen, it's always reported for the resident's safety. Which is really amazing if you think about it. A supernatural ghost weather tracker? Come on! So cool. 
Whoever the ghostly gray man is, or why he has stayed so connected to Polly's Island for hundreds of years, is a mystery. Maybe he feels a sense of duty to the community, that protective connection has kept him there, or a feeling of unfinished business since he passed away so young. Whatever the reason, the gray man is only here to help, not harm, and seems to only appear when people need him most. This entire story leaves me thinking, we really need more ghosts like the gray man, don't we? It is now time for Ask Aves. Let's get into some questions and topics that you all have submitted. Our first question comes to us from Kensington. She writes, Hi Avery, I'm Kensington and I'm 11. I was wondering if you've ever done a Ouija board or know somebody who has, and if it works. I've been wondering about this for a while. P.S. I love your podcast and all the unique stories I haven't heard before. Thank you so much for your question, Kensington, and I'm so happy that you enjoy the podcast. Getting your message made my day. You remind me of myself because at your age, I was very into the supernatural as well. So to answer your question, I have very limited experience with Ouija boards. Maybe played once or twice in my life with a big group and we didn't play for very long. I remember when I was younger, my mom bought a Ouija board and it sat on our shelf for quite a while. We thought it was an interesting game for supernatural lovers, a fun way to spend an evening. But over time, we heard about some really scary stories. Stories where people would play with Ouija boards and afterwards notice some really strange things around their homes. I learned that houses can become haunted after using a Ouija board. And although you aren't meaning to, uninvited darker spirits can use a Ouija board as an open door into your life. I've also heard of instances where an entity can mislead you during the game, making you think it's a past loved one of yours. The entity will manipulate you and the board, making you feel comfortable and open. But in reality, this entity is not your loved one. It isn't a friendly spirit. This dark entity will impersonate your loved one to gain access to this world, get its foot in the door. So that made me very skeptical and wary to use the board, after a while, we came to the conclusion that maybe it wasn't such a good idea to have it around and we ended up putting it in the trash. The idea of unintentionally inviting a spirit into your home or life, yeesh, that's a door you don't want to open. So I would suggest you steer clear of those Ouija boards, Kensington. Stick to the spooky stories like I do. When I was your age, I loved Are You Afraid of the Dark? I believe that show is still on. And for the rest of you, I don't know if you all remember that, but... Oh man, those episodes were so spooky and good. That show definitely fed my supernatural curiosities every week. All the best to you, Kensington. Next up is from Jacqueline. She asks, can you tell us some more two-sentence horror stories? Hi, Jacqueline. Why, yes, I can. I know these are so good. So let us begin. I told her there was no monster in her closet as I picked her up and told her that she could sleep with us tonight. I figured that was the safest way of getting her out of the house without him realizing that I saw him. I was video chatting and dropped my phone on the floor. As I picked it up, I saw my husband's face instantly change. He held his hands up to his lips as if he was saying, be quiet. And to my horror, he wrote to me, there's a man underneath your bed. While tidying up my psychiatry office for the night, I came across an unfamiliar notebook. 
I opened it to the first page with today's date, and it read, Warning, the patient still thinks he's a doctor. I woke up to hear knocking on glass. At first I thought it was the window, until I heard it come from the mirror again. I always thought my cat had a staring problem. She always seemed fixated on my face. Until one day when I realized that she was always just looking behind me. My husband woke me up in the middle of the night by kissing my cheek when he got home late. This morning when I woke up and he wasn't there, I checked my phone and read his message. He stayed with a friend last night. (laughs) Okay, that's all for today. I'll do some more another episode. I know they're so good. They do a great job of creeping you out and leaving you wanting more. Our final question today comes from Leah. Leah writes, Hello, I'm a huge fan of your podcast and TikTok page. I know that you have had many supernatural experiences, so my question for you is, which experience was the most intense and or memorable? Thank you so much for writing in, Leah. Fantastic question. The most memorable would have to be one that actually happened just last summer. One night last June, I had gotten into bed for the evening. It was around midnight, and I was in the midst of falling asleep when I noticed something really strange on the other side of my room. Obviously, my room was pitch black. I only have one window, and it was completely blocked. But out of my peripheral vision, I saw something going on on the wall. I looked up to see this big ball of warm golden light that would shoot up the wall, then fade and disappear after a couple seconds. After I watched it fade away for the first time, I waited, and about 30 seconds later, it did it again. Of course, my rational brain kicks in immediately, and I think, I must have plugged something in electrical over there. Maybe it's blinking or something. I made a habit of unplugging everything I can at night for fire hazard reasons. So I get up, turn on the light, walk over to see that absolutely nothing is plugged in on that side of the room. So I check the other outlets. And the only thing I had plugged in was a lamp that was turned off and my cell phone by my bedside. Neither would cause this light. So as I stood there, I realized there was no rational or logical reason for this golden light. I couldn't find a source for it. At this point, I started to think, hmm, what's going on? So I laid back down, shut off the lights, and waited for that light to come back again. And it did. Five or six more times. Every 30 or so seconds, it would fade in and then fade out. I laid there amazed until I watched it fade away one last time. I have never seen that light ever again. I racked my brain around what it was for days. I told my mom about what had happened. And I believe that it was a spirit of some kind, maybe an angel, a lost loved one. Whoever it was, the feeling I got was really peaceful. It wasn't scary or creepy. It was really beautiful, honestly, and felt nice. I mean, I was laying alone in the dark, so if it was a bad, creepy feeling, I would have run out of my room yelling, arms flailing. But it wasn't. That golden bright light was very calming very tranquil, just made me feel like it wanted to be seen, wanted me to know that it was there. I just got the feeling that I wasn't alone in a good way. I had never experienced anything like this, nor have I since. And this experience proved to me that the supernatural is all around us all the time. This was a really unique experience and goes to show there are a lot of ways to have that supernatural experience. It doesn't have to be a spooky visit from a ghost Angels, loved ones, can find really interesting ways to get your attention. 
You just got to be ready and open when they pay us visits. If any of you have had a similar experience, I would love to hear about it. Please shoot me a message to the email in the show notes. I look forward to hearing from you all. And for any more questions, stories, topics, shoot me a message. We'll get to some more questions next episode. Share Avery After Dark with your friends, family, coworkers, other supernatural lovers. And until next episode, this is Avery After Dark.